Verse 1 of chapter 1 of Ephesians. Chapter 1 of Ephesians, verse 1. He adopted and willed us to be holy and blameless in his sight, predestined us to sonship, redeemed and, forg and forgave us at the level of God's riches in Christ. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, that God was going to take all people, Jews and Gentiles, and he was going to put them into Jesus. And as they were put into Jesus, they would be made forgiven, clean, holy. That was God's strategy. That was his game plan. Verse 13 and 14, And you also, he's talking to Gentiles, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of our salvation. So they got included into Christ. When and how did they get included? When they heard and when they believed. When they heard, I'm just revising here. I'm just revising the last two weeks. When they heard and when they believed. How were you marked in him? You were marked with the... Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given to you as a guarantee. The Holy, a down payment. The Holy Spirit was given to you as an assurance of things to come. The Holy Spirit was given to you until the day of redemption. So those, for those who are God's own possession. So the Holy Spirit doesn't come and go. Come and go. He's given as a down payment. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11. The primary purpose of the Holy Spirit which is given to us is to indwell us is to live in us, is to live inside of us. And he did this for two reasons. Two reasons why the Holy Spirit indwells us. Number one is to seal us so that every day you are reminded that you belong to him. Every day. Because if the Holy Spirit was not given to you, you will be reminded only of your performance. Your performance. And as you look at your performance, you'll keep wondering and doubting whether you belong to him. And you will be worried and you will be anxious and you will be guilty and you will be self-condemning. And God doesn't want that. He gives you the Holy Spirit to encourage you, build you up and to strengthen you. This is for your personal relationship in Christ. The second reason he indwells you is he joins you and baptizes you into the body of Christ. And we who are many are made one. This is for our corporate relationship with Christ. So he brings us together. So the Bible says that power, that God who raised Christ from the dead and made him name above every name, that power, that name is at work in you. That power, that name is at work in you. So, so, for the, we've, got, we've finished chapter 1. Now for the rest of Ephesians, for the rest of Ephesians, you're going to be looking at that power and that God at work in you and the church. Got it? Got it? How that power and that name, that God is at work in you and the church. Chapter 2, how the same resurrection happens in you. Chapter 3, how that resurrection happens in the church. Chapter 4, 5, and 6, how the, the power of the resurrection goes to work in the relationships of that community. Chapter 4, chapter 5, and chapter 6. Chapter 4, with the faith. Chapter 5, with the relationships, marriage, children. And chapter 6, with the elements of this world, with the, uh, with the society around us. Got it? Okay, everybody on the same page. Ephesians is beginning to have get a blueprint in your mind. It's being singed into the back of your mind as a picture, an overall picture. So chapter 4 onwards, he demonstrates the lifestyle of the resurrected believer. Chapter 4 onwards. Look at chapter 4 verse 13. Look at chapter 4 verse 13. It's there only, next page. 
Chapter 4 verse 12, to equip, this, to, to equip his people for the works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up until, verse 13, until all reach unity in the faith, in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's why he's doing all this. That's why he's doing all this. And that's why he is doing all this. Got it? You're not doing it. Religion is about what you do. Religion is about what you do. The Bible is about what God is doing. And God has invited us into his project. God has invited us into his life, what he's doing in that. Okay, back to chapter 2. Back to chapter 2. And that's where we're looking at verse 1 to verse 10. Chapter 2. What an incredible passage of scripture this is. It's a beautiful. Most of you know it by heart. And you're very, very familiar with it. So God was at work in Christ's resurrection. Are you with me? God was at work in Christ's resurrection. That, that God, that power, raised him from the dead. And took him from there, from the grave, all the way. And seated him at the right hand of God. Seated is permanent. Seated is permanent. That means the job is done. That means it's permanent. Seated him at the right hand of God. And once he's done that with Jesus, now he's going to turn his attention to you. Turn his attention to you. So Paul uses power, then he uses God, and he will now introduce the word grace. That power, that God, and that grace. So you'll see the word grace appearing several times in this passage of, of scripture. This is the one, it's one of the most beautiful passages on grace. All right, verse 1. As for you, as for you. So the as tells you what he did with Jesus, what he did with Jesus. Now the camera turns its attention to you. As for you, what has he done in you? What has he done in your life? By the way, by the way, the word you is plural in Greek. The word you is plural in Greek. So you're thinking me, yes, you, but you, you, you. You, 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 all the yous over here. Everybody is included here. You, he has raised. Because you have to remember that everything is corporate in the, in the, in the language here. Okay? When we speak Jesus, we're speaking corporate. When we speak in Jesus, we're speaking incorporate. We are incorporated into the body of Christ. When we talk about resurrection power, it is given to the whole church. The whole church is alive. The whole church has been made alive. Yes, you have an individual role in this and you have been personally also resurrected, but in Christ, in Christ. Okay, so this is not some trip you are on, some mystical journey that you are on, on your own. It is all along with the body of Christ. Okay, so as for you, you were dead. Oh yeah. You were dead in your transgressions and sins you were dead in your transgression now he's only going back into history he's just reminding us of where we have come from as for you you were dead okay in the beginning he said jesus died after death comes so this death is not bad news as for you you were dead but you have been made alive so the same resurrection that has been given to jesus has also been given to you why are you alive? Why can you be alive? Because the wages of sin is death. 
but the gift of God is eternal life. So resurrection is only possible if the sin has been paid for. The wages of sin is death. So once the sin is paid for, then resurrection is possible. So the fact that you have been raised means that your sin is completely forgiven. The fact that you have been paid means that your sin has been completely forgiven. The fact that Jesus was raised means that our sin was atoned for by the cross. So you're looking at a legal work here. That's why Jesus screamed out, Tetelestai! It is finished. It's an accounting word. It's an accounting word. It's a tapa that says, paid in full. Correct? I've preached this so many times. You know this. Paid in full. So it's a legal thing that Jesus screamed out from the cross saying, paid in full. Tadak. Then he died and therefore he was able to be raised. And because he was able to be raised in Christ, we are also able to be raised. It's possible. But now we need to not talk about the positioning. We need to start talking about the performance. Because in Christ I have been raised. But what about my daily life? What about my daily life? I'm still sinning. Aren't you still sinning? Mm? What a bunch of hypocrites. You must say yes, happily you must say yes. Every day, Pastor Jerry, I sin. Every day. Why? Because you're still in this horrible body of yours. This body has appetites. You don't believe me. Let's look at scripture. You, whenever I start talking, you don't believe me only. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. SS, plural. So now he's talking actions. Sin, sin is that position, that, that, that virus, that, that state of being in discord with God. Sin. Okay, your sin took Jesus to the cross. Not your sins. Your sin, your sinfulness, your sin nature is what Jesus has redeemed. But now he wants to redeem, he wants to uh, resurrect your sins nature and move from sins to righteousness. Your actions are, need, are needed to be changed over. So you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Your, your sins deadened you. Your sins deadened you. The wages of sin is death. So when you acted in sin, the things that you did, the relational sins, the emotional sins, the, the, the philosophical sins, the intellectual sins, they deadened you towards God. Are you with me? Are you with me? They made you further and further away from God. They, they took you further and further away from the light. And the further you are from the light, the more dark you become, logical. And when the more dark you become, the less you can argue with the light. And the less you like the light. So the Bible says, those who loved the light came running to him, but those who hated the light, they loved darkness. They ran away, they moved in the direction of darkness. So your sins, your activities, I want you to understand this. I want you, because if you don't understand this, you will not want to change. You'll say, oh, I'm free. I'm free, I've been forgiven. Wonderful. Now we can go and sin as much as possible. Yeah? Now we can go and sin as much as possible. No. God raised you from the dead. 
That means in Jesus, he took you from the grave to the... So now you are in Jesus, seated at the... That's a position. That's a position. Okay? But with that position, now it must affect your performance, your actions. So he says, while you were dead in your sins, your actions deadened you to God. It killed your desire for God. It killed your appetite for God. It killed your hunger for God, for his presence, for his work. But you, he has made alive. So then you tell me, what should a person who has been made alive be and act like? Should be righteous? Works of righteousness? Be alive to God? Be alive to the things of God? Be alive to the feelings and passions of God? Feel what God feels? See what God sees? Logical. Logical. That's what's happening. So he's taking you back and says, you who were dead in your transgressions and sins. He's referring to the actions of the sinful nature. These actions came from dead, being dead to God. So while you are dead to God, your actions showed that you were dead to God. While you were dead to God, your actions made you even more deader to God. It just kept getting worse and worse. So your actions made you dead to God and your actions made you deader. Learn that new word. It made you deader to God. But you, he has changed. I want you to understand this. I want you to understand. So the power that raised Jesus from the grave is the power that is resurrecting you out of the deadness of your actions to the aliveness of God's action in your life. You didn't know what God was doing in your life. You didn't know how to do God's work in your life. You didn't know what to do when God went to work in your life. But now the resurrected power will show you how to perform in the power of the Holy Spirit. You got to understand this because still, still, after all these years, you think that you need to be righteous. You think that you need to do good works. You think that you need to measure up. Still, after all these years of singing and dancing in church, you still feel that you don't measure up. But what God is saying is, when Jesus died, God raised him from the dead. Do you get that? Do you get that? What did Jesus do? Nothing. God, that power raised him from the dead. You were dead in your sins. Who's going to raise you? There's nothing you can do. There is absolutely nothing you can do. There is a sense of, that's what religion is. Religion is saying, I can do it. Scripture is saying, no, you can't. You're dead. God has raised us. So the only realization comes to us after we have been raised so that results in worship and in response to God's righteousness. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions. So how did you follow? How did you do? How did you live? How did you work? He's referring to your old life in which you used to, please look at your Bibles, in which you used to live when you followed, underline followed, in which you used to live when you followed. So the question is, now that you are raised, who do you follow? Who do you follow? So when you were dead in your transgressions, you followed three masters. You followed three masters. Whatever they told you to do, you did. 
Why? Because you're dead. You're dead. So don't go condemning other people who are dead. Because you, they are dead. And every day they're just getting... There you go. See, you're learning. In which you used to live when you followed. So dead people just, they just, they just blindly, deadly follow. There's three masters. Number one, the ways of this world. That's your first master. How the world does it. They dress like that, I'll dress like that. They sing like that, I'll sing like that. They walk like that, I'll walk like that. Whatever they do, I'll walk like that. I'll do that. I want to fit in. I'm on, others will throw me off the planet. I need to fit in. The ways of this world. Number two, the kingdom of the air. The kingdom of the air. So you follow the ways on the ground, <laughs> the ramp, so to speak. And then you follow the ways of the kingdom of the air. That is the rulers of the dark world. The rulers of the night. Satan and his dominion and he sets the tone for what life must be, for what priorities must be, for what ambitions must be. And in your deadness, you followed that. Uh, you followed that. You didn't know any better. And number three, boss number three, the spirit, small s, who is now at work in those who are disobedient. So there was a spirit. So look at this. So as it is, you're physically dead. You're intellectually worldly. Physically dead, intellectually worldly, and spiritually blind. Okay? So there was a spirit at work in you, making you do the things that are ungodly, that will make you even deader to God. I want you to know that. That while you lived in darkness, when you were dead in your transgressions and sins, there was a spirit at work in you, Romans chapter 7, spirit at work in you that was making you do things that would keep you dead to God. Now think with passion, sideline detour, think with compassion for the people who are far from God, who don't know God yet. They are dead. They are dead. What do you do for people who are dead? You cry. You cry. You pray for their soul. Isn't that what we do? They are dead. And their actions are being led by a spirit, small s, that are further deadening them to God. What do they need? What do they need? They need the resurrection power. They need the power of God to go to work. They can't do anything about that. There are two groups of people active. There is the Trinity active and there is the church active in bringing these people back to life. Did you know that? Did you know that? Who's going to bring them to life? God is. Why is God going to move? Because we pray. What do you do for dead people? You pray for their soul. Come on. Let's get down on our knees and let's pray for those who don't know God. They didn't know and there was a spirit at work keeping them away from God. Keeping them away from God. All of us also among them at one time. Are you in scripture? Are you in scripture? All of us also lived among them at one time. We all were like that. Paul says two things. Gratifying the cravings of our flesh. And following the desires and thoughts. Did you see it? Gratifying the cravings of our flesh. And following the thoughts and desires of our heart. Gratifying the natures of our flesh is addictions. And following the thoughts and desires is appetites. So whatever appetite the body gave, we would follow that. Whatever appetite the mind gave, whatever it was addicted to, we'd follow that. Because we were dead to God. We were dead to God. But, you see the but? 
You see the but? But because of his great love toward us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive. Made us alive. So like the day Jesus rose from the dead, there is a resurrection day for every single one of us as we rise from the deadness of our relationship to God, the deadness of our situation with God. We come alive to God. We come alive to God. That's why people say, I didn't know God, now I know God. God was already there, always there. Why didn't you know him? Because you are dead to him. The wages of sin is death but the gift of god is eternal life all of us were once gratifying following we were all by nature deserving of wrath but god in his great love towards us in his great riches and mercy made us alive please note made us alive with christ made us alive with christ when did jesus come alive when was the resurrection 2016 years ago. Yes? 2016 years ago. Some of us about, about that. 2000 odd years ago. When did you come alive? It says, you were made alive with Christ. When did you come alive? With Christ. 2016 years ago. Are you with me? Does it don't count the numbers. Okay, it was 2000 something years ago. And in Jesus, you were raised in Christ. So in Jesus, the position you were raised in Christ. But today, every day, the resurrected power is at work in you. That in Jesus, you are enabled to do the righteous works of God. And the righteous works of God are the opposite of the transgressions and sins. Now think, you're thinking with me. Sins and transgressions made you deader to god the righteous acts of god working in your life will make you alive 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 deader alive see how good english you learn in this in this church that means those those actions took me further away from god these actions are going to take me closer and closer to god so you're not counting good works bad works good works no it's not like that it's not like that. The more I follow the Lord, the more I act in the spirit of God, the more I do the will of God, the closer I get to, the more alive I become, sensitive I become, aware I become of what God is doing in my life. That's why Jesus says he brings us to life every day. It is by grace, that enabling grace that he brings us to life. So the word grace means undeserving supernatural enablement undeserving supernatural enablement what does grace mean say it undeserving supernatural enablement the word grace is not saying oh no it means give them the power to do the will of god no religion will do that no guru will do that no philosophy will do that no religion will do that. This is not a religion. This is a relationship with a God who enables you to do his will. First you did your will or the world's will. Now you are doing 
His will. So when you say I follow Jesus, it's not you follow him piche piche wherever he goes. You follow him like you follow the ways of the world. You follow the ways of Christ and he enables you. I'm releasing you from personal empowerment. Personal empowerment. I will do it. I can do it. I must do it. No, forget it. You can't do it. You are being made alive. Now you enjoy the resurrected power of God as every day you surrender yourself to God. Place yourself on the altar. Say, Lord, use me. Use me. There are sins in my life that take me away from you. But Lord, I want to do your will so that I come coming, I keep coming closer to you. I don't want to get dull to you. I don't want to get dull to you. My brothers and my sisters, from the bottom of my heart, be aware of dullness. Be aware of dullness. When a day comes in your life when you become dull, when you become dull to the presence of God, the love of God, when the things of God become less exciting, they don't get your attention, they don't excite you, they don't liven you anymore, they don't give you a sense of worth, they don't give you something to live for, run! There is some sin in your life, there is some sinful action in your life that deaden, has deadened you. Find it, root it out, kill it, remove it, remove it. Every removal is going to hurt. When you remove a growth, it hurts. When you remove a cyst, it hurts. When you remove a tumor, it hurts. You have to go under the operation table and you have to let God take it out and say, Lord, it is killing my spiritual life. Take it out. And you have to be willing to say goodbye to it. And it's going to hurt because you've lived with it for so long. It almost feels like a part of you. Sinful actions. Deaden us. They make us dull to God. And he has made us alive with him. At the same time, we need to be aware that God is the one who is doing it. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live. I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live. It's faith, belief, faith. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Now that you're seated, it is final your position is final in christ your position is final in christ jesus's seating was final and you are seated in christ you are also final in order that in the coming ages he might show the incompatible riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us forever and ever and ever and ever you are going to be the stud the star in his crown to show the incomparable riches of God's grace. Forever in heaven. Look at this. You're thinking you'll get into heaven. God is thinking, I'm going to make you the star in heaven. I'm going to make you the thing that makes God look good in heaven. You think, how can I improve heaven? Heaven is heaven. And you're going from the grave, from a lifestyle of sin, from condemnation, from guilt. You're going from there to being in heaven, the very star, the beautification of God who is already beautiful. That is what God has chosen to do with you. It is his work. It's not about your beauty. It's about his beauty. It's not about comparing you. It's about his incomparable great riches towards those. So you'll have two fours here. For it is by grace you have been saved, not works. So stop boasting in your own works. Stop boasting in your own works. Number two four, the second four. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to, go, to do good works. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Which God prepared in advance for us to 
do. What do good works do for you? They draw you closer to God. What do bad works do for you? They draw you away from God. This is not about judgment and condemnation. It's about spiritual life. When you do the works that God has called you to do, he enables you to get it done and it draws you closer to him. Let me close. Let me close. I've gone over time. Let me close. Do you remember that phrase? May the eyes of your heart be enlightened. The eyes of your heart be enlightened. Imagine with me, you're all standing in a room in a hospital. In a hospital room. And somebody is lying there. Still calm. In a coma. Clinically dead. And we're all standing solemnly around there. And somebody in faith is praying, praying, Lord, give her life. Lord, give her life. Lord, give her life. And we're all looking, some of us skeptical, some of us believing, and everybody's standing there. And she's absolutely calm and still. And suddenly, suddenly, her eyes open. And all of us, (gasps) she's alive! She's alive! Paul says, may the eyes of your heart be opened. May you come alive to God. May you come alive to God. Your heart is dead to God. The heart is the seat of your volition. May your heart come alive to God every, every day. That's the prayer we pray. That's the prayer we pray. May you come alive daily, day by day, more and more to the wonderful, powerful work of God in your own life. Realizing the heights to which he has lifted you in the sun. This is the prayer we pray for each other and for others. This is our primary need. The coming alive daily by the power of the risen Christ. It is the work of God and it is mobilized by prayer. It is mobilized by prayer. Why should you pray? Why should you pray every day? Why should we pray together? Because when we pray... God brings people to life. Hi, I'm Jeremy Dawson. And if you liked what you just saw, if it was a blessing, then hit the subscribe button. Come on, you can do it. Hit the subscribe button. uh, Hit the bell so that we know you want to hear from us. Lots of videos coming your way. Songs, worship, encouragement. Come on, subscribe. Let's take this forward and share with somebody you might know. Write a comment in the section below. But let's see you guys again. Come on, subscribe.